Hear this word of God from Acts chapter 16, verses 16 to 26. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version, and you can find it on page 900 in that Bible in front of you. One day, as we were going to the place of prayer, we met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners a great deal of money by fortune-telling. And while she followed Paul and us, she would cry out, These men are slaves of the Most High God, who proclaim to you a way of salvation. And she kept doing this for many days. But Paul, very much annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I order you, in the name of Jesus Christ, to come out of her. And it came out of her that very hour. But when her owners saw that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace before the authorities. And when they had brought them before the magistrates, they said, These men are disturbing our city. They are Jews and are advocating customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to adopt or observe. And the crowd joined in attacking them. And the magistrates had them stripped of their clothing and ordered them to be beaten with rods. And after they had given them a severe flogging, they threw themselves, they threw them into prison and ordered the jailer to keep them securely. Following these instructions, he put them in the innermost cell and fastened their feet with stocks. About midnight... Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly, there was an earthquake, so violent that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately, all of the doors were opened, and everyone's chains were unfastened. The word of God for the world. Thanks be to God. Now we receive the sermon, and I'm going to preach it. It's interesting, if you take a look at the stories that are in the scripture reading today, there are actually three stories in one, and if I wanted to, I could preach three separate sermons on them, but good news for you, I'm only preaching one sermon today. If I were to try to find a word that captures the spirit of all three of these stories in Acts 16, I think I would choose the word freedom. Freedom. I think that's the continuing thread that ties all of the major characters of all three of these stories together as one. Of course, there's the slave woman, the the story that leads the scripture reading today. She She is set free from her spirit possession, from her demon possession. There's, of course, Paul and Silas. They are literally set free from being imprisoned. And then there is the jailer, the prison guard who was set up to watch over Paul and Silas. He experiences a kind of freedom, too. I think freedom ties all three of these stories together. We love that word freedom, don't we? Especially as Americans. We pride ourselves on our liberty, on our freedom 
to do as we choose, to worship, to vote, to live, to gather, just as we choose to. We don't like it when people infringe on our freedoms. We don't like it when political systems threaten to take our freedoms away. It all started when we tried to get away from old King George and tried to have our own free kind of life here in this country. We love our freedoms. But these three stories in Acts 16 would invite us to ask this compelling question today. What will you do with that freedom? How will you use your capacity, your, your free will to do as you choose? What is the purpose of the freedom that you have? That's the real question. You know, that word freedom is pretty interesting if you take a look at its origins. The word freedom actually comes from an old English word that means dear or beloved, which itself comes from an old European word that means friends. Did you know that? That our concept of freedom is intrinsically tied to our concept of friendship. So that freedom, in a literal sense, means the liberty, means the capacity to see other people as your equals, as your kinfolk, as your friends. Freedom means that there is no longer a dichotomy between those who have power and those who do not, between those who have voice and those who are voiceless. True freedom means that we can look across our differences and see fellow friends, a community of people. Now, now, we know that biblically because all throughout the scriptures we hear this sense that when the, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, that's where we find freedom. Jesus even said in the Gospels, no longer do I call you slaves, I call you friends. True freedom is the ability to take a community of different people, separated people, and draw them into friendship. True freedom in the biblical sense means to take people who are separated from God and draw them into friendship with God. That's what biblical freedom is. It's not a, a freedom from, it's a freedom to. In other words, it's not just a freedom from all those things that tie us up and weigh us down, from our sins and our guilt and our addictions and our brokenness. I mean, it's that for sure, but it's not just freedom from, it's a freedom to, a freedom to love, a freedom to serve, a freedom to take a group of people and make them friends together and to draw people into fellowship with God. That's freedom, freedom to. And I think the chief question for us this morning is, which of those two kinds of freedom are you going to exhibit? Let me give you a bit of a metaphor from my own personal life. Uh, I've owned two dogs in my life, Casey and Micah. We first got Casey about 20 years ago. Uh, Casey was a Cocker Spaniel poodle mix which means that he was charming and very stubborn. We would take Casey for walks, and we would make sure that the leash that we were using to hold on to Casey had no kinks, had no rips, had no tears, that it was snugly around her body, because we knew that the moment that Casey tasted even just a bit of freedom... When the, when the leash gave way, or when we dropped the leash, or when she wriggled out of it, 
Did I say she? He. When he got out of the leash, it was at that moment that, boom, he was gone. One little taste of freedom, and that dog was nowhere to be found. I can't count the number of times we would wander through the streets of Cherokee, Iowa, calling out Casey's name. The number of times that we would open the front door to greet someone, and Casey would be out like a bolt. Or the times that he would just escape from the backyard. It was, it was amazing. Casey took that freedom and saw it as a freedom from all of us. Casey died in 2009, and soon after that, we adopted Micah, an Australian Shepherd Terrier mix. Cute little dog. We still have her today. We like to take Micah on walks as well, take her to the parks and walk around the neighborhood, and we put her on a leash as well. Not like we have to, because Micah likes to be around us. We would walk Micah down the street, and she would constantly be looking over her shoulder to make sure that we were next to her. It's almost as if she was walking us, honestly. And, and any time the leash would give way or we'd let go of the leash, it's not like she would run away. She would just walk right next to us, constantly looking to make sure that we were there. There were some occasions uh, when we would take her to parks in Iowa. We wouldn't even take the leash. She wouldn't run away. She wouldn't chase after other dogs. She would just be right by our side. Sometimes when the landscaping people are taking care of the backyard and the parsonage, they would leave the back gate open. Micah would never run away. She has never run away, never taken off. She's always stayed there in the house. I have this sense that Micah believes that she owns that house and we are her pets. That's what I believe. But you know what? Whenever she tastes freedom, it's a different kind of freedom. She, she doesn't run away from. She then considers us, the girls and myself, to be a community with her. Friends, if you will. And she just loves to love us. Two different dogs. Two different ways of looking at freedom. We loved both dogs just the same, but it's a whole lot easier with Micah. So that's the question. As we track through each of these three stories, what we will discover is that each of these main characters exhibit that second kind of freedom. And that makes all, that makes all the difference. Not a freedom from, but a freedom to to love, to serve, to create community, and to make friends. Here's story number one. It's the lead story from today. It's the story about a slave woman who is possessed by a, a spirit, a, a demon, very likely connected to the Greek god Apollo, the oracle of Delphi, which means that this woman had the ability to tell people's fortunes, to predict people's futures, which meant she was highly in demand. Clients would come from all over and they would pay a high price just to hear about their future. And what that meant is that the people who owned her, her slave owners, her masters, well, they were making a killing off this person because they were taking all the income that she was bringing in and they were making a fortune themselves. And what that means is that this woman was a slave in two different ways, right? 
She was not only in bondage to this spirit that had possessed her, she was also in bondage to these owners, these slave masters who controlled her. She she was in bondage. But just for a moment, just for a split second in the book of Acts, she was able to taste freedom. Did you catch this in the story? Because one day, Paul and Silas walked by her, and she locked gazes with the two of them. And in that moment, this woman was able to act and speak by her own volition. She tasted freedom in that single moment in time. Because we get the sense that what she says next is not something that the demon forced her to say, and it's not something Paul and Silas paid her to say. But in that moment, this was this woman exercising freedom. And what is it that she said? She pointed to Paul and Silas and said, these men are from the Most High God and they are here to proclaim salvation to all people. And you can bet that everyone who heard that woman in that moment in time was shocked. Because of all things for that woman to do with that taste of freedom, she chose to love and serve God. To point people to Jesus. That's what she chose to do with that freedom. Astonishing. Story number two. Paul and Silas then looked at that woman and cast the demon out of her. Truly set her free. And that really upset her owners. Because all of a sudden, their meal ticket was gone. That source of income the very heart of their booming entrepreneurial business was now destroyed, and those slave owners were livid. They somehow managed to get Paul and Silas arrested for disturbing the peace and ruining their economy. They had them flogged and beaten and then ultimately thrown in jail. Not just jail, but jail, jail. Acts 16 says they were put in the innermost part of the jail, basically solitary confinement, and the jailer, the prison guard, put stocks and chains and and, and handcuffs on them to keep them down. A leash, if you will. But what's fascinating is what happens next. Because just like that slave woman, in Acts 16, Paul and Silas, with the shackles and the weights carrying them, holding them down, experience a taste of freedom. And they use that freedom to, of all things, worship God, to praise God, to pray and to sing spiritual songs so that everyone in the entire jail could hear them. That's what they chose to do with their freedom, to love and to serve and to point people to God. And then you heard what happens next. This massive earthquake hits the ground and makes the, the prison wall shake and it flings open the prison doors. And at that moment, it's like the leash broke. And all the prisoners in that jail cell started to scatter, disappear into the streets, running away because for them, freedom was defined as running away from. Freedom from. But not Paul and Silas. Here's the surprising plot twist in the story. Because for Paul and Silas, freedom was not defined as freedom from, it was freedom to. And of all things, Paul and Silas stayed. 
they remained right there in the jail. They could have left, but instead they recognized that where they were was right next to the heart of God, and they had a mission to accomplish, and that mission was to draw a person into friendship with God, and so they used that freedom to reach out to, of all people, their jailer, their prison guard. Astonishing. Because this prisoner, this prison guard is now story number three. At that very moment, when all the prisoners scattered, this prison guard panicked because he had failed at his job. Because the one thing that he had to do was keep all those prisoners in the jail, and he failed to do that. And he knew that at the very least it would cost him his job, it would cost him his income, and he knew it very well was going to cost him his life. And this third kind of imprisonment, this third kind of bondage is the one I think most of us can identify with most of the time. This guard was imprisoned by his anxiety, imprisoned by his fears, imprisoned by his sense of failure, imprisoned by his lack of self-worth, imprisoned by his sense of worthlessness. And so he drew his sword to take his own life. But then the plot twist. Paul and Silas locked gazes with that prison guard and said it loudly and clearly for him to hear, we are here. Don't take your life. We, we have stayed here. It's remarkable. Because in that moment, that prison guard experienced a freedom unlike any other. A freedom of a second chance. A freedom for him to see God for who God really is. A taste of God's liberating love and freedom and power that sets him free from all that was holding him back. All because Paul and Silas chose not to run away, but to love and to serve and exercise that kind of freedom. And because of that, this prison guard was truly set free in the most important sense. But notice... But now that this prison guard was set free, what was he going to do with that freedom? Same thing. Use it to love and serve other people. The rest of the story shows that that prison guard then took Paul and Silas and bandaged and dressed their wounds from all of their beatings. And then they invi he invited them over to his house to introduce them to his wife and his children. And by the end of the story, his wife, his children, even himself, they were all baptized in the faith. They all became followers of Jesus because he chose to use that freedom to impact the life of someone else. Remember, freedom is tied to friendship. Freedom is not just a freedom from all the things that hold us back, our sins, our guilt, our addictions, our brokenness, our anger. It is a freedom too to love and to serve, to make a difference in the life of someone else, to create a community of disparate and separate people and create them now as friends, to take people who are separated from God and draw them into friendship with someone else. And that's the question for you and me today. What are we going to do with our freedom Will we use it just for ourselves or will we use it to impact the life of someone else just like this slave woman used her freedom to impact other people and point them to Paul and Silas? Just like Paul and Silas used their freedom to impact the life of this jailer. 
just like this jailer used his freedom to save his family. That is the way freedom works in the Bible. It's not just a freedom from all that holds you back, because indeed Christ does come to set you free from those things. It's more of a freedom for you to impact someone else. Freedom in the Bible is not the freedom to do whatever you want whenever you want. It is the freedom to love. God's grace is not the freedom to do whatever you choose. It is the freedom to choose what is best. That's true biblical freedom. It is a freedom to, not just a freedom from. Because here's the deal. If it were just freedom from, we're never fully free from those things. Each and every day, you and I battle all of those things that weigh us down. But we are always able to, to love and to serve and to give life and hope to people. To take the marginalized and the oppressed and help them gain their power and their voice. To see the injustices of the world and to make them right. To see the people who are broken and bring healing to their lives. To see people who are without hope and without the light of God in their life and help them to find true freedom in Christ. That is the freedom that you and I have question is, are you going to use it? As we approach the communion table this morning, that's the question. Because in this place, you and I experience true freedom from a God who saves us in Jesus, and now who calls us to go out into all the world and to be the bread and the cup, the body and blood of Christ, to give freedom to the world. The only question is, will you do it? Let's pray together. God, we give you thanks for these three stories and for the reminder to all of us of the power of freedom. We thank you for setting us free from all that holds us back. We do, we do ask that as we approach this table and go into the world, that we would not just keep this freedom to ourselves or simply use it as an opportunity to do whatever we want, but to use that freedom to show people your love and to help people find their true freedom in you. We ask your blessing upon all of us as we approach the table this morning, giving thanks for your grace in Jesus' name. And let all God's friends say amen. And so at this time, we invite the ushers to come forward as we wait upon you for this morning's tithes and offerings.